Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. It is so exciting to be able to be in this building, uh, to be able to bring the service to you from this space. And we have just started to allow people to come through with tours. And yesterday there were some life group leaders that came through and I was so hyper. I was like vibrating with how incredible it was to be able to share this space and to hear their excitement as they saw the various rooms and what this building allows us to do. But more than just a beautiful building, as Danielle was saying in the, in the Flourish video that we watched earlier, what's important is who will we become as a people? And this journey of who we will be in this space didn't start with just moving into this building. Our church has such a beautiful history of how God has been at work in our region, in Stony Plain and Spruce Grove and Parkland County. And we, uh, as a church uh, here in Stony with the building and when the fire happened, we had a choice. Were were we just going to be a people that allowed a fire to sort of bring death to our church, that this specific and particular uh, aspect of God's family in our region, that that would end? Oh no. (laughs) We are a people who prayed. We came before God and we sought his face. We came together and we dreamed and we, we shared our ideas. There was dialogue and conversation. We prayed some more. We met some more. We prayed some more. And as Shalina talked about earlier, there were those four strategic priorities that we felt were so key to who we were becoming as a people. We celebrate the building and the space that has been created, and that was the fourth. And in this space, we have the opportunity to live out and to live into all that God has for us with these other three priorities. That we would be a people empowered by the Holy Spirit, that from that we would live out a radical generosity, and from that we would be a people who would bring good news to our community. And we look forward to living into that. We long to see our vision come to fruition, that there would be fullness of life for everyone, not just for the people of our church, but for the people of our region, for Stony and Spruce and the Tri-Region. And with that vision, we recognize that it is actually not humanly possible No matter how well I try to live, no matter how many good things that each of you do, no matter how all of the people of our church would try to, in their own human strength, do this, we could not accomplish that. But with the power of the Holy Spirit working in me, working in you, working in all of us, God can work to bring about change in this area, change that we can't even imagine. We recognize that God is already on mission. He's been on a mission through the whole course of time. Even before the world was created, God had a plan. Over the course of history, he was working to bring Jesus uh, to this place where he could come and that he would die for our sins and resurrect from the dead. He wanted to be able to bring all people unto himself. And in the end 
uh, in the end times, we know that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord, that he is King of Kings. And we join him in just a piece of that mission. We live in this place, in this time, for a specific person, purpose. And the Holy Spirit will help us to accomplish that, pur that purpose. And I apologize, because one of the things with orthodontic work is there are elastics that ping me in the mouth sometimes. <laughs> so you can laugh at that while you're at home. <laughs> Holy Spirit works in all sorts of ways, <laughs> pinging me and reminding me of where we're at. Now, when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit at work, we recognize that in John chapter 14, verse 12, that Jesus said to the disciples, not only will you do the works that I have been doing, but if you believe in me, you will do even greater works, even greater things. Tiffany talked to the kids about that in, in her video, that Jesus has done so many amazing things. You might not know anything about Jesus, but often if you've heard even a few things, you know that there were some incredible things that happened that are testified to in the Gospels. Jesus healed people. He took a little bit of food and fed thousands of people. He raised people from the dead. He took people who were demonized and had their whole life been suffering, and he set them free. Jesus said, you will do the things that I have done, and you will do even greater things than this. And when I think of that, I, I yes, have a lot of anticipation and excitement, but I also start to tremble because I realize I do not have any concept, really, of how incredible God is and what his power is actually capable of. I think sometimes I think of God as too small, and I don't allow for the fact that his power can do incredible and mighty and miraculous things. And what does he want to do through us as a church in this way? So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's good to even just review, this will be a quick review, but review who is the Holy Spirit? Who is this person that we're referring to, uh, this aspect of God? And so we know uh, and we believe that there is uh, God as the Trinity, that there is three in one. And if my saying that starts to kind of blow your brain because it doesn't make sense, that's okay because there is this mystery to God that can be a little bit difficult to understand. How can there be three persons, three distinct aspects of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and yet there's only one. <laughs> and so I appreciate the analogy that Tiffany used of the egg. Um, that kind of analogy sometimes helps us to see that there can be three different aspects, but one only one thing. Um, our human examples will often fall short of trying to explain exactly uh, how this works because we're human and God is God. Um, but another one that, that helped me is I, t I tended to think of it as addition. You go one plus one plus one equals three, and so, hmm, that doesn't work. The math falls down, right? But what if God was about multiplication instead of addition? If you think of one times one times one, it's still one, but there were three things. 
but multiplication. I don't know. If, if you're into math, you can work that one out. <laughs> and again, I come back to the fact that it might not make sense if you're not familiar with this idea, but we recognize that in these three different ways, God comes to us and is available to us. And so in that, as we look at the Holy Spirit, what is it that Jesus has explained to us about the Holy Spirit? Because he was teaching the disciples about this Holy Spirit that would come. If you want to go deeper yourself at home, John chapter 14, 15, and 16 have some really good passages. I'm going to refer to them, but be referring to them kind of quickly. So Jesus explained that the Holy Spirit would be sent from the Father, that he would come and that the Father would send the Spirit in Jesus' name. So there's this beautiful community of the Trinity, the way that they communicate with each other and work in coordination with one another. Jesus explained that when the Holy Spirit came, that he would testify about Jesus. In John chapter 14, Jesus said that he would ask the Father and he would send the Advocate, that he would be the Spirit of Truth, that the world wouldn't be able to accept him, wouldn't be able to accept the Holy Spirit because they couldn't see him and they wouldn't really know him, but we would know him if we believe in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit would live in us, that he would actually reside within us, so Jesus, as a human being here on earth, could only be in one place at a time. So yeah, he could be with a number of disciples, he could be with a crowd of people, but he couldn't be with everyone in the world. But because Jesus chose to leave and go back to heaven, from heaven and through the power of the Father, they sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us who believe. That means that God's presence is with me, is with you, is with each of us, anywhere in the world, all those who believe. And so this was going to be powerful, and Jesus knew this, and this is why he talked to the disciples about it. I have to leave, but don't worry, I'm going to be sending the Holy Spirit to you. Now, he also explained that the Holy Spirit would come and that he would teach us all things, that he would be responsible for reminding us of what it was that Jesus said and that the Holy Spirit would be able to bring peace to us, a peace that goes beyond anything that the world can offer. In these times of COVID, it can be really difficult. Uh, when we're in conversations with one another, often you know, we recognize that there's loneliness or isolation, that it's hard during these times. Life for a year now has not been the way that we have known it before. Depression is increasing, anxiety is increasing, but the Holy Spirit can bring a peace, a peace that comes and is nothing that the world can offer, but it is God's presence with us and in us, and that peace can reside. Now, along with that, the Holy Spirit also convicts us of sin. He is the one who explains to us what it was that Jesus was trying to teach us, and shows us where what the way that we're living doesn't really add up to the holiness of God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we also receive the gifts of the Spirit that are described in the Bible. Uh, the Holy Spirit and his power works transformation in our lives so that we actually exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
that love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that these things would be developed in our lives if we would cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So there is so much that the Holy Spirit does. And we recognize that as we're apprentices of Jesus, the only way that we can actually be with him, um, that we could ever become like Jesus and be transformed, and that we would ever have the power to do what Jesus does, is because of the way in which the Holy Spirit would work in us and through us. Now, we're a church that has talked in the past, and we know that God speaks to us today, that we need to be listening to hear his voice. Jesus said uh, that my sheep will listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So I want to encourage those of you who are watching online and uh, have access to the chat that you would go to the chat now and you might start to share with me what are the ways that God speaks to us today. That might just be one word. You're sort of capturing a way in which you know that God speaks, um, that you're aware that he has maybe even spoken in your own life. If you're really fast at typing, maybe you can give me one line or two lines of maybe a like super quick story of how he's met you recently and something that he may have said. And I want to be able to celebrate that and refer to that in a couple of minutes. So I'm going to share another story. So that gives you time to go to the chat now and start to enter your answers. The story that I'm going to share actually takes place just after World War I and Lawrence of Arabia took some of his military fighting men and they went on a trip to Paris. It was so exciting to be in this amazing city, the beautiful cathedrals, the incredible artwork, uh, the beautiful construction of the roads and the bridges in Paris. They stayed in the finest hotel. But what was actually so exciting for these men? Water faucets. <laughs> they were in the hotel and they would turn the water faucet on. Wow, water's coming out of the spout. They would turn it off. Ooh, it stopped. Turn it on, turn it off. This was incredible to them. They were men of the desert who had fought military campaigns where water was a matter of life or death, and now it was simply at their fingertips. And how incredible was that that you could have this water faucet? When it, <clears throat> when it came time to leave, Lawrence of Arabia was like, where, where are my men? And he went to find them, and they had wrenches and were trying to remove the water faucets. They were like, we need water faucets in the desert. <laughs> and what they were missing was that the water faucet has to be connected to the source of the water. For us, we need to be really careful not to just focus on the water faucets, the way in which God comes, the places in which he comes, that we don't raise those things up as idols and forget that it is God himself that we are trying to connect to. It is God himself who is speaking, and it will be different at different times. He will come in different ways. We cannot force him to only come in that one faucet way. We do not want to be a church that would be people in the desert playing with our water faucets and not actually have them connected to the source of the living God. We want to hear God's voice and know what it is that he is guiding us to do and what the way in which he wants to empower us to be on mission. 
And so I'm going to turn now to the chat and see if any of you have helped me out here in talking about how it is that the Holy Spirit speaks. It looks like there are lots of things going on. You guys are amazing. Oh, man, I've got to scroll for a while to find you all. Okay, so how does God speak to us today? Uh, through impressions, in the ways that he confirms his word by fellow Christians, through a reliance on God. God speaks through nature, absolutely. And yeah, thanks, Kelly, the word of God, the Bible Nothing that we uh, believe that God has spoken will be in contradiction to the word of God. Worship songs can uh, speak to us. Uh, friends uh, can speak the word of God to us. Uh, I'm just checking here. His word is the living water. God comes to us through solitude and through reflection. And if I'm missing some of what you guys have said, that is, please forgive me. There are lots of things going on here. Somebody else mentions about dreams. Yes, absolutely. Dreams and through their interpretation, through visions. Absolutely. God can speak through beauty and through art. So thank you. Thank you, all of you who are online and engaging with that. You obviously already know some of the ways in which God are speaking, and that's an encouragement to all of us that he is at work amongst us. Now, Jesus has said that when the Holy Spirit comes, that we would receive power. In Acts 1.8, this is exactly what he says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, it's interesting that before the Holy Spirit would come, before Jesus would uh, send the Holy Spirit, he said to the disciples that they should wait in Jerusalem and that they were to pray and be in anticipation of the Holy Spirit to come. There was about 120 disciples that were in that upper room. Now, this was not a prayer meeting that went on for just an hour, not even for just a day or a week. This went on for weeks. Imagine what it's like when you get 120 people together for that long. There is going to be some disagreement. There's going to be some dissension. And what does it look like to come together in unity in prayer? If we know anything about human nature, we might guess at some of the things that maybe could have happened, didn't, didn't, because these were people who were committed to God and wanting to walk in unity together, knowing that Jesus had something amazing to send. But this is what could have played out. People could have said to Peter, I don't know, Peter, I don't think you should be part of this meeting because you denied Jesus, so you don't deserve to be here. Or mm, Thomas, uh, I know you believe now, but you were a doubter. We don't really want any doubting in this faith, in this prayer meeting, so I think you should exit. The men could have said to the women, in our culture, you know, women don't have any power. So as much as Jesus let you be a part of things and you traveled with him and got to hear him teach, mm, I don't think so. I think you should leave. Or the women could have said, I don't know, guys, you were all cowards and ran away from Jesus. At least we stayed at the foot of the cross while he died. There could have been all of these ways that they could have judged one another. 
But if we're going to be a people who God comes to us and is present and his power will fill us, there is a choice to make to walk in unity together in prayer, that together we would be inviting the Holy Spirit to come. Now, as we talk about the power of God coming to us, what that might look like, one of the ways that God can speak is through pictures. And when the prayer team was meeting over the past weekends, praying through this space, uh, preparing for what it would look like to dedicate this, uh, this building last week, in prayer together, there were four of us that simultaneously received the same picture. And it came as a flash of light, as if lightning was hitting us, but not to do damage. Uh, it takes me longer to describe what this is like than it took to see it as a picture from the Holy Spirit. It was as if a mighty sword from God, from heaven, came down and God staked his claim here in Stony Plain Alliance Church in this building. That sword came came down through our building and pierced deep into the ground. And then the light, the glory of God, the holiness of God beamed out from that sword. The hilt above our building, the light beaming into the heavenlies, protecting us from above, uh, from anything that might want to attack us. In the ground, from the point of the sword, light beaming out so that nothing could attack us from below. And his holiness filling this place. When we see the holiness of God, it automatically leads us to confession. His holiness is so other than us. In the Bible, we read about people who experience God, and that holiness dropped them to their knees or dropped them to their faces. Because how can we, as a human being, with our sinful nature and the things that we do wrong and the thoughts that pop into our head, how on earth can we ever stand in his presence? And in that moment, it, it isn't a judgment that brings shame. It is simply a, I want to be rid of this because th these things that hold me back because I want to be in this beautiful, loving presence of God. It is holy and scary, but it is beautiful and intimate all at the same time. This, this is where we want to be. And I would like to think that I'm a person that um, keeps short accounts with God, but it hit me that there is pride even in that, and so I needed to confess that. There were things that I suddenly realized that even though at the time I hadn't thought that what I said was wrong, that I needed to go and I needed to apologize to people. And it's humbling to follow up from that and go and apologize. There are things that uh, I watch on Netflix, and I'm really careful about what I watch. I didn't think that this was something um, that was, you know, disobedience. But when faced with the holiness of God, God just strips that away. He wants us to be a people that he can pour his power into. And so as we come to a time of communion, it is also a time where we would be confessing, that we would be coming before him and saying, Jesus, take this from me. I don't want this to hold me back from how you would want to work in our church, that how you would want to work in my life, the blessings that you have to pour out for, uh, for me. 
To be asking the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us means that we have to be willing to empty ourselves, to get rid of the things that are here that would clutter up the space where God wants to come and to reside within us. I invite you to have your communion elements here with you. For some of you, maybe you have these packs at home, maybe you have bread and juice, maybe there's some sort of bread-like substance or uh, you know, some sort of liquid that you're going to use to remember and to celebrate what it is that God has done for us by sending Jesus to die on the cross to take all of our sins upon himself so that we can be set free, that we could have the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God himself, this holy and glorious and mighty God, and yet he chooses to live within us. This is possible because of what Jesus has done for us, that his body was broken for us, that his blood was shed for us. There are various verses that celebrate what it is that Jesus has done, but I'm going to read for you right now Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 to 22, as we prepare for communion. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you, you here at home, wherever you are, you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That is what Jesus has done for us. And so I invite you that as the worship team plays this next song, that you would ask God, God, is there anything I need to confess, anything that I need to release to you? And then partake of communion. Take the bread and eat and remember Jesus and drink the liquid that you have there, remembering that Jesus' blood was said for you and that you now are holy and blameless, that you can stand in this holy place with God and the Holy Spirit can come and fill you and empower you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.